Hi, and welcome to the Time for the Good News podcast, the place where you'll hear nothing but good news. We are your hosts, Susan and Dan Grantfield. Hi, and welcome to episode eight. So in our last episode, we did a roundup of all of our favourite stories from the first six episodes. So this time, we're back to bringing you some brand new good news stories. Um, so Dan, what um, what have you got coming up? You've got some stories that you're going to I share. I have. I've got uh, some interesting stories, actually. So the first one is about climate change and mm-hmm. reducing CO2, and one country's plans to do that. I've got a story about tiny houses. Ooh. More will become... Uh, Apparently, so I've actually told you about it, was it? Mm-hmm. And then the third one is about uh, gender equality. Right, okay. And so to add to the mix, I've got a story about uh, rehabilitation of prisoners in Brazil, an innovative idea. Um, I've also got a story about a new use for plastics, which I think is quite interesting. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is from the world of um, uh, medicine and okay. how we can help people deal with um, the anxiety, perhaps, that people have experienced as a result of COVID. Oh, of lockdown? Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Sounds good. So there we go. That's what we've got coming up, a little headline for you. Um, Dan, do you want to kick off with the first story? Yeah, sure. So an interesting story from France. So France's lawmakers have voted in favour of banning short flights. Right. Interesting. But only the ones that can be replaced by train trips. Oh. And you might say, oh yeah, but you might have a 20-hour train trip. No, flights that can be replaced by train trips up to a maximum of two and a half hours. Okay. So there's obviously quite, they've obviously got a lot of shorter flights in France mm-hmm. between cities. And aviation, it's interesting when you look at aviation stats. Aviation is responsible for two and a half percent of global carbon dioxide. Right. And you go, well, that's not very much, no. is it? Of course it is, because it's a global statistic. Mm. But in 2018, statistics told us that only 11% of the world's population took a flight. Right. You know how we think, because we take flights quite regularly, we live mm. in a well-off developed country, that um, everyone's flying. Mm-hmm. 11% of the world's population of 7 billion My people. Goodness. So those at 11% producing that mm. two and a half is a huge amount of carbon dioxide. Yeah, it gives you a different perspective on it. It does, it? yeah. And, you know, 4% of those people, of the 11% that flew, travelled internationally. Right. 4%. Goodness. Yeah. So why is France doing that? France has targets to get to net zero carbon, you know, much like we do in the UK by, I think it's 2030 in France. Um, and interestingly, so why trains? Are trains not bad as well? Well, I've got an example of why, well, you know, trains, um, carbon dioxide production. So if you fly from London to Madrid, mm-hmm. it produces 118 kilograms of CO2 per passenger. Mm-hmm. That's quite frightening. That's, yeah. that's, more, that's more than my weight mm-hmm. of CO2 per passenger. Train in the same distance would be 43 kilograms of CO2, mm-hmm. almost three times less. Yeah. So that shows you the difference between the mm. two. So France has got a little way to go because it's been voted in favour of. It's still got to go through the Senate and various things, but another good step mm. into reducing the impact of climate change. But the thing that stood out for me was so few people producing that that carbon dioxide. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, so you know Stefan Gosling, who's obviously some kind of 
statistical boffin of some description says that wealthy jet setters contribute 225,000 times as much to global warming as one of the world's poor inhabitants. Mm. 225,000 yeah. yeah. times. We talk about inequality in society, we talk about inequalities, but I've not heard that mm. sort of inequality, mm. right. putting that in those yeah. terms yeah. before. I mean, it's incredible, if you that is, that, yeah. isn't it? We, we see air travel as quite normal, mm-hmm. you know, and we you know, quite often fly down to see my parents on the same island. Mm-hmm. You know, we've talked about driving. We've talked about driving because of COVID, mm-hmm. but maybe I should look into the CO2 um, stats for driving to yeah. Somerset and back rather than flying to mm-hmm. Somerset and back. Yeah. See what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's only a 450-mile journey. Mm. Maybe that's... It couldn't be replaced by a two-and-a-half-hour train journey. Not in this country with the state... No. Well, so so they so they're so I guess your story is pointed towards the good news that again, like so many of these things we've come yeah. across, there's already movement towards doing these yeah. things. Yeah. So it's not like we have to come up with some radical new solution. Absolutely. The solutions are already there. Yeah. We just need to think differently. Yeah, about and stuff. it's also and the, another thing that stands out for me is it's the well-off well-off developed countries mm-hmm. need to make more effort mm-hmm. than people yeah. who, who live in poorer countries and live a much simpler life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, good good for France. Yeah, so, well done yeah. France, keep mm-hmm. it up. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I'll, I'll, I'll go with my sort of environmental story as well because I, I suppose there's a connection there. Um, we've talked about plastics before on our podcast, haven't we? And um, you know, we can really um, get caught up in the feeling that it's it's you know plastics are bad, but actually there's so many ways that people are looking at how we can not just get rid of plastic, but we can actually do different things with it. And 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 um, you know, this story is all about it's connected with the circular economy. And I don't know how many people have heard of that, but this is a great example of it. So it it will become apparent as we go through. So the 29 year old Nairobi woman. Um, Nazambi uh, Mati, who started a business um, which recycles plastic waste into bricks that are stronger than concrete. Two times stronger than concrete. Two and a half times strong. Yeah. yeah. Um, And and a quote from her is that plastic is a material that is, um, is misused and misunderstood. So what she's done is she's experimented to find just the right combination of plastic and sand. That's what these blocks are made of. Um, to bind them together, she's, she's even um, created the machinery to to, to mass produce mm. this. And so, what it what it's doing is instead of the linear economy where you produce something, it gets used, gets to the end of its useful life, and then it's discarded. She's saying, well, at that point, we can take the plastic stuff that was manufactured for something else. We could turn it into these 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 blocks, which then replace bricks. And at the moment, um, and we'll put a picture on the Facebook page because. Um, they're actually they can be they can be colourful and they mm, they create yeah. these almost like um, you know paving slabs and things yeah, like that yeah. and so they're not just functional they can actually be quite attractive as well. So far, um, twenty they've they've managed to um, recycle twenty tons of plastic into these paving bricks, um, and she has created one hundred twelve jobs specifically for people in low paid jobs like garbage workers or bin men as we would mm, call them mm. in the UK um, for women, youth groups so that's why I love this story because it's good for the environment it's also good for people yeah. who are getting involved in and it. of course plastic's been demonised yeah. 
but it is a very uh, flexible, adaptable um, substance for mm-hmm. doing all sorts of good with it. You yeah. know, if you think about we, for every picture of a marine animal that's been its life has been affected by plastic, there's a lot of good done with it as mm-hmm. well. And obviously, we've got to do more to reduce plastic pollution in the oceans and, and the world. Yeah. But it's a resource just waiting for exactly. all these ideas to come into fruition and to use all that stuff that would end up somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, great stuff. I mean, that's yeah. amazing buildings, brilliant. Yeah. And and you know. The, for me and I've said it already on this podcast and I've said it before the solutions to a lot of the problems are already out there mm, we just need mm. to be looking differently mm, um, mm. so great stuff well on the same theme of construction mm. um, I've found that I mean this is a 2020 story but I really like it and it's kind of it's really quite unusual it really stood out so a formerly homeless man in the US called Tim Shear uh, who's a formerly a heroin addict, lived on the streets and stuff like that, has moved into a 3D printed tiny home in Austin, <laughs> Texas. Right. Yeah. yeah. How was that? What? A 3D <laughs> printed tiny home? That's going to use an awful lot of toner. Yeah. You know, uh, you know <laughs> yeah. an awful lot of toner. So it's a, an amazing feat of engineering and sustainability. And it's going to, you know, help save lives for homeless people in Austin, Texas. I think it is. Mm. His four hundred foot, uh, sorry, his four hundred square foot home costs him three hundred dollars a month uh-huh. to live in. Uh-huh. Um, and a company called Icon builds the homes using its Vulcan three printer. Mm, that sounds like an impressive printer. It does. I mean, the Vulcan three printer effectively prints concrete. Uh, oh. Called Lava Creek, a very light type of concrete called Lava Creek. Everyone starts shouting at the podcast saying concrete's not environmentally sustainable, etc., etc. Yes, but unfortunately, it needs to be able to withstand America's, uh, sorry, the USA's unpredictable weather. Mm-hmm. So it does need to be strong and stuff like that. And due to using 3D printing, it uses so much less water. Right. to produce the uh, walls of the home. So the printer kind of basically prints the, the yeah, walls yeah. in this thing like that. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty wow. interesting to watch, actually. Mm. Um, so is there a video of it? There is. Oh, there we is, can put that yeah, on the Facebook, page, that on the Facebook well. page. So mm-hmm. it's there's a village, basically, in Austin, um, which has six of these homes. Um, and it's kind of run by... Um, three organisations, one's called Loaves and Fishes, who operate the site. Sounds like it might be a, a church-related organisation, mm-hmm. you know, Loaves and Fishes, um, and uh, Icon builds the thing. So, I don't know, it's amazing. Wow. Know, affordable housing. It's a big, yeah. you know, hot potato in this, political mm-hmm. hot potato in this country is talking about, you know, affordable housing. Mm-hmm. You're one about plastic bricks, if those could be produced mm. uh, and, and build houses uh, yeah. cheaper and combat... Yeah. Uh, um, Homelessness. Yeah, yeah. Apologies for the background noise there. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> your, your tablet's making a funny noise. <laughs> anyway, um, moving on. Um, good stuff. So I wanted to just pick up on this story. Now, this, as I read into it, this story is actually quite old. Um, and I can't find any updated information to see, see if this is still happening. But it's still a great story. Um, it's called Redemption Through Reading. And in Brazil, um, they were trialling, this is back in 2012, um, they were trialling a a scheme whereby inmates could reduce their sentence by reading books. 
you know, in the face of that, you think, right, okay. But there were some parameters around it. So they could reduce their sentence by four days per book that they read, um, up to a maximum of 48 days per year. Um, There were selected books that they could read. Okay, so there was like a reading list. Um, They had to read the book within one month and they had to then write a an essay or a kind of report on it so you know there were some parameters there to make sure as best they could it wasn't being um, abused and as I say I don't know if this is still happening I can't find anywhere which maybe suggests it isn't but it just made me think again about what is possible um, I mean I, I'm really all for um, sort of rehabilitation for people who, who find themselves in prison and I think this is a great way I'm a lover of reading so I think that's why I was drawn to this story but for people to a improve their literacy skills while they're in prison, because that is a big problem um, mm-hmm. in in prisons, but also to kind of expand their mind to, yeah. to be to be picking up a book that they might never have done before, um, and then having to think through what what they got from the book to then write a, a report on it. Mm-hmm. Um, is it not also in prison? keeping people engaged and occupied uh-huh. surely when you're staring at four walls all day and you only get however much uh, how yep. long for exercise etc then this is when issues creep in and tension builds and things like well, that well exactly so, so they, they were talking about um, you know this is going to have a positive impact on violence and yeah. as a result deaths within yeah. prisons but also in terms of people's mental health mm-hmm. you know loneliness, mm-hmm. not loneliness um, isolation yeah. um, and you know all the other stuff um, that affects mental health you know, for people who are, who are incarcerated. So there's lots of potential positive impacts on this. Mm. Um, so I, I'm, I'm curious. I don't know what's going on in, in other parts of the mm. world, mm. but if it's happening in Brazil, then presumably yeah. similar things yeah. are happening elsewhere. The best thing about it is it's simplicity. It's mm. not high cost. It yeah. doesn't need huge amounts of resources. No. We all know that reading is good um, for, for your soul as well as your mm. uh, you know educational standards things like that mm-hmm. you know anything that helps people get a better step up when they when they finally have finished their sentence or, yeah. or whatever get back into society might help people understand a bit more about society um to enable them to mm. get back into it as mm-hmm. well yeah yeah, so, yeah. yeah. back to you well i love this one mm-hmm. so women directors in the boardroom mm-hmm. in FTSE 100 companies have doubled in the past five years. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. So women now hold one in three boardroom roles at the UK's top 350 firms. Mm-hmm. So for those that don't know, FTSE 100 is our main share index of the UK's top 100 companies. And then you've got the FTSE 250, which is the next biggest 250. So one in three in the boardroom, now female. Mm-hmm. There was a report published in 2016 by a company called Hampton Alexander that was government-backed. And this was their recommendation that by 2021, 33% of board positions Uh, in the FTSE 100 and FTSE 250 should be held by women. Mm -hmm. And that has happened. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, January 2021 data uh, uh, suggests women hold 34.3% so, so slightly ahead of the 33%. Yeah. So there's still firms with a lot to do, but companies like Diageo, you know, the big drinks company, mm-hmm. um, and Seven Trent Water, mm-hmm. if you've uh, yeah, done some work, work with in mm-hmm. the past, they've exceeded mm-hmm. the gender equality targets. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of talk about women in the boardroom in this country, and there has been, but it is moving in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And that's great news. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yep, and and I get it. Some people will see it's not enough. It's not happening quickly enough. Yeah. But we want to focus on the good news here that it is moving forward yeah. and that those targets are Absolutely. acting as some kind of motivation. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, I want to finish off with a, a story um, which is is kind of, um, yeah, I, I, it jumped out at me because I am, as, as people um, maybe have picked up from previous podcasts, um, I'm really interested in mindfulness, mental health, well-being, meditation, all of these things. And there was an article in The New Scientist this month um, where they spoke to a Belgian um, neurologist about um, the effect that, that, that the, the pandemic situation has had on people's, um, people's mental health and particularly asking him about meditation. He, well, he was talking about how meditation helps to, he, he, he described it as retune the brain and help people be um, better able to deal with the anxiety um, that perhaps they've been experiencing through the pandemic. Um, and, you know, not just this article, but there's a lot of articles been written over the last 12 months about how people's mental health has really been affected um, by the, the pandemic. Um, and so he, he's looking at, at meditation as a way to help us to kind of train the brain to better deal with um, things like the in- in- increase in cortisol that we experience, the stress hormone, the fact that our survival mechanism has basically been been activated for this whole year. Like it's been really difficult for people to feel safe a lot of the time. So brain scans have shown um, that you know meditation is, is like exercising any other muscle. You know, if you go out running, you're going to increase the muscles in your legs. Well, if you meditate, you're going to improve the the sort of um, the connections in your brain. Scans show that grey matter in the brain increases in areas such as the cingulate cortex, the hippocampus, the insula. Um, and the left prefrontal cortex. Basically, what that means is that when we meditate, we get uh, we, we build the capacity in our brain to be able to pay attention, to not let our mind run away with ourselves. He he talks about catastrophizing, mm-hmm. which you know I'm sure many people can relate to, where you think the worst possible things are going to happen, so our mind runs away with us. If you meditate, you allow yourself to bring the, the mind back. The other thing that these bits of the brain that I mentioned, um, what they're responsible for is, is things like memory, but also emotional control. So our ability to manage our emotions, which again can get the better of us sometimes. Um, and, you know, as we're, as we're moving into this um, place of, of uh, more and more people being vaccinated, um, meditation doesn't make a vaccine more effective. However, meditation does help to boost the immune system. So overall, there is some um, research to say that that, um, medicine, uh, the efficacy of medicine can be improved through um, a better ability to manage stress um, and and a boosted immune system. So it's it's great to hear something that I know personally that I think um, meditation has so many health benefits. It's great to see a journal like The New Scientist reporting that. Absolutely. And I'm sure I'm sure meditation for its traditional use in the people returning back the world's returning to normal and people might feel a little bit uncomfortable with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So it will help them deal with that, with the yep. stress mm-hmm. or the anxiety mm-hmm. caused by the idea of having to yeah. go back to the office or go to yeah. work or just start moving around, you know, the country a bit more, things like that, yeah. or going to a concert. Yeah. With, with 10,000 other people. Exactly. You know? we, we thought going into lockdown was stressful, but coming out of it's going to yeah, be stressful. Yeah, yeah. And it's amazing how quickly as human beings we've, uh, we've, uh, we've adapted to it 
but I'm sure we'll be as quick to adapt back yeah. to the way we were before, hopefully having learnt something and using those learnings to, you know, more, for me, it's about more community and thinking more about the people around you, things mm-hmm. like that, you know, the, you know. Yeah. So. But, yeah, but and I think I mean I read an article um, about um, FOMO, fear of missing out. Yes. People have probably heard yeah. that. Well, there's a bit of FOMO people are starting to experience about if the if offices reopen and their colleagues are all going back to work, then maybe they feel <laughs> they have to, so they don't miss out. Yeah, you know? yeah. So meditation, just learning to meditate, and you can do it for two two minutes, five minutes a day, whatever. It just will help to overall deal with just any life stresses, let alone. Yeah pandemic i remember that app was it calm mm. they do a, a yeah. learn to meditate very, yeah. in very short bursts over yeah. 30 days like and more and more organizations are are doing things like like giving people licenses yeah. to use these yeah, yeah. you know um, memberships to use these yeah. apps and things yeah. you know you talk, talked about um, how it helps the brain yeah remember you've told me in the past about neural pathways yes. would it have an effect on building neural pathways. Well, that, that, that's what it that's is. That's exactly it's what it is. Yeah. yeah, the more you do something, the stronger the pathway gets. So if if you worry a lot, the more you do that, the better you're going to be at worrying. Yeah, okay. Whereas if you meditate, the better you're going to get at, at paying attention to just being in yeah. the present moment. But remember not to strive Yeah. about being good at meditation. Oh, yes, yeah. Yeah, it's not about a competition to be, to no. be a good meditator. It's just about your own experience, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. So there we go. Um, shared quite a few va- different, varied, different, different and varied stories today. Absolutely, it's good to be back. Yeah, with the good, with the good news stories. Yeah. So remember, um, we there's a few things we're going to put on the Facebook page. So Susan and Dan's podcast. That's what to look for on Facebook. If you'd like to get in touch and share your good news stories with us, you can email me on susan at susangrandfield.com or Dan at dan at bluecragsconsulting.com. Yeah, so get in touch with your stories or to tell us how you've enjoyed these stories and um, we will be back with more stories in a few weeks' time. Bye for now.